0: That's right, it's time for another Abibiter podcast. Uh, we have wrapped up the 2040 season, so we'll recap that a little bit. Uh, we'll hit a few uh, player development news items. Uh, I had a couple requests that I would put give more attention to some players, and I'm not usually going to acquiesce to those kind of requests that people just want attention, but since I have nothing else to do, uh, we'll we'll look at those players a little bit today. Uh, Also have a question to cover uh, real briefly, and we'll have our draft grades as well, so that's going to be fun. So we will start out by looking at the last couple of playoff games of the 2040 season. So in the last uh episode, last podcast, we covered uh the Packers and Panthers NFC Championship game in which the Packers won and advanced to the Super Bowl. Uh and the uh, AFC Championship game had not been played yet. So it got played and the Browns beat the Chiefs uh in Cleveland in the snow. That's always fun. Uh it was 17 to 3, so a little bit of a defensive game. You know, I, the Chiefs just had; they couldn't get anything going offensively, uh, which is understandable. It's a tough Browns defense, uh, but they did manage to to keep the Browns under control a little bit. Um, so, you know, seventeen three games not real exciting. There's not much to say about it, especially because I don't remember it too well. Uh, yeah, neither team got over 300 yards of total offense, um, and looked like it was relatively clean. Dylan Nixon had an interception, but that looks like that was the only turnover in the game. Uh, the only thing I'm really remembering from this game is that it kind of seemed like the Chiefs gave up a little early, uh, used a timeout on a change of possession when it didn't need to be used, uh, near the end of the game. And then had some time to try to make up some of the scoring, and and just kind of packed it in early. Now they were down two scores, so it was pretty unlikely, uh, particularly against a Browns defense, that they were gonna, you know, go down and score and somehow get the ball back and score again. Pretty unlikely, but it did seem like they just kind of let the clock run, and that and that was the end of that. So that was the one thing I really remembered from that game. That kind of struck me. Uh, And then the Super Bowl, we had a Browns Packers Super Bowl again. And I think this was a pretty good game, really. And it was a 17-14 Cleveland victory. Um, Really big play here probably was a pick six thrown by the Packers fairly early in the game. Uh, Other than that, uh, pretty cleanly played by both teams. The Packers were a little more reckless with the ball Got away with some throws they probably shouldn't have gotten away with. Um, but the the Browns threw a couple of interceptions too. Uh, let me look at the box score so I know for sure. Uh, yeah, three interceptions for Gonzalez and two for Hutton. Um, so not an explosive game by any means. Uh, both teams ran the ball a little bit, enough to keep uh, the other team honest. Um, it started out with, again, the pick six for the, the Browns, and I believe their first drive they went down and scored, and that might have been all the scoring, uh, all the touchdown scoring. Yeah, both of those were in the second quarter for the Browns. Um, and so it was 14-0 at halftime. And in the second half, the Packers fought back, uh, scored a touchdown in each quarter to tie it up, and then the Browns took the last, I want to say, three minutes or so of the fourth quarter, and ran it all out and kicked the field goal from point-blank range uh, as time expired to get the win. So excellent game management at the end of the game for the Browns. Uh, really the difference here. Um, both teams went on long, methodical drives, not a lot of big plays. And, uh, and that's why the scoring's a little lower there. Really was a pretty fast game because of that. Clock kept moving. So congratulations to the Browns. They win yet another Super Bowl. I don't know which, how many that is now. It's, it's at least 12. Uh, I'm not going to look. But congratulations to the Browns. And uh, I, I, think, I think we could see a lot of good teams, a lot of good user teams next year should make things really interesting uh, with the particular rosters that everybody has right now. So Super Bowl champion is the Browns. So now we'll cover the development news, a little bit of development news here at the end of the year with a few players. Uh, First of all, uh, it was brought to my attention by Chiefs fans that I didn't cover an ability that one of their players had, uh, Terrell Tyler, linebacker, because they traded for him uh, after he was already a superstar. So he didn't get mentioned because he wasn't on their team when he became a superstar. So anyway... Uh, he got over 80 overall, and he got the ability of being a secure tackler. So game-changing ability of secure tackler. There you go. Uh, Terrell Tyler, that's a 82-year-old. Or a 82-year-old, that would be something. He's a 26-year-old, 82-overall linebacker for the Chiefs that they traded for, I believe, during this year. Uh, superstar player there. And then... For the Patriots, uh, rookie running back Mac Dean revealed as a star. Uh, it's not very exciting, especially for a guy that was picked really high in the draft. Uh, but they didn't play him much this year. He was the backup running back. So, yeah, kind of hard to be a superstar guy uh, if you don't play. I don't know if the game really works that way or not, but you wouldn't actually be considered a superstar in the NFL if you weren't playing all that much. But anyway... Mac Dean, a star. This is a guy that's got a lot of talent, so uh, hopefully he finds a chance to get on the field. Um, I, I got to wonder if he's maybe uh, you know unfollowing the Patriots on Instagram. That's what players do now when they're unhappy with their team; they unfollow unfollow them on Instagram and Twitter and things like that. So if he's unhappy with his role on the team or his playing time, I got to wonder if he's maybe unfollowing them and everything. We might need to look into that. Uh, I I don't. I don't do social media very much, so I don't know. Maybe I need to hire somebody just to follow the social media of the teams and the players. But anyway, that's enough about that. Uh, Also, Patriots said that I needed to cover the rise of Elijah Warner. Okay, the rise of Elijah Warner. That that hasn't gotten enough attention, I guess. Well... Uh, yeah, he he really hasn't gotten much attention on this podcast. Uh, This is a 26-year-old outside linebacker who's a 99 overall. Uh, If I remember right, he either came into the league as a defensive end or he has been switched to defensive end and then back to linebacker like eight times now. Uh, But at any rate, so maybe that confused me or something. Uh, But at any rate, he's a outside linebacker right now, and I don't see how he would ever be anything else cuz he he looks like he he looks like he's an excellent pass rushing linebacker um like i said 99 overall he's a fear uh 88 speed 92 agility or uh, 92 acceleration yeah 99 fin- finesse moves i mean this guy is a blazing speed rusher and he's got had good sack numbers uh, all five years of his career, he's been in the mid to high teens in sack numbers, so that's pretty darn good. Uh, so yeah, good player here. Good player you got. Uh, Fear Monger is his X-Factor ability. He's also unfakeable and a finesse specialist. So, if you're gonna block that guy, uh, you don't have to worry about power moves, but he will speed rush you. So yeah, there's a good player there for the Patriots. Uh, moving on to what's next. Let's see for... The Panthers, this, this would be the offseason or the uh, developments that happened Super Bowl week uh, when we all find out you know, how our players got better. So for the Panthers, their quarterback, Jimmy Griffith, became a superstar. That's good when your quarterback moves up. And he's a 94 overall. This is his third year. He's a lofting dead eye and an anchored extender. Uh, which means defensive backs don't bring you up. The first blitzing defensive back isn't going to bring you down. Uh, For some reason, that's just, to me, the funniest, kind of weirdly specific ability that they put in this game, at least for quarterbacks. Uh, But Jimmy Griffith's got it. Uh, For the Packers, uh, Zach Hutton, at quarterback, became a star after his MVP rookie season, Uh, won a bunch of awards, swept a bunch of awards, got himself uh, 14, uh, I forgot what they're called, ability points, whatever, he got 15, or 14 of those trait point things uh, at the end of the year, uh, and he's still only a star, so he got, he went to star, and then Harvey Norton, who was his favorite receiver, he also went to star, so, you know, not big news for those guys, they're just moving up a little bit, uh, for the Chiefs, let's see, we have D-tackle Courtney Thomas, and right in Connor Harrison to Superstar. So that's pretty good news for the Chiefs. They got two D-linemen going to Superstar at the same time. Let's check those guys out. Connor Harrison, 24 years old, so that's good news. Um, 86 overall. He's got 77 speed, acceleration, and agility, and power moves. So this guy is just all about 77, uh, but he he's much better at a lot of other things. Looks like he might be a run-stopping uh, DN. He's got 95 block shed. Uh, so superstar defensive end there for the Chiefs. He's also unfakeable, so that Chiefs defense is becoming pretty unfakeable. Uh, no, wait, that was the Patriots I was talking about earlier. Whatever. Anyway. And then Courtney Thomas at D-Tackle. This guy's a pretty darn good player. He's 26 years old, I believe. It looks like, because there's no penalty on his, there's no player release penalty on the roster. I'm guessing this is his fifth year option year. Uh, so they'll, he'll be looking for a contract. Uh, what was I saying? 89 overall, uh, 80 speed for a defensive tackle. And 91 acceleration, so real good quickness there at defensive tackle. He became a superstar. And he's unfakeable. So everybody's unfakeable now. Don't bother with your play-action passes and counters and whatever else, reverses. They're just not going to work against user teams. That's what I'm taking from this. And for the Patriots, Dave Roten at safety. Safety became a superstar. Uh, I don't think I'm familiar with this guy. To be honest, I haven't played the Patriots in a while. I'm not very familiar with them at all. Uh, And since they don't have internet, I don't know if they're even going to be in the league anymore. I don't know if the uh, aliens have plans for them or what. But uh, also, I got no feedback on that episode. I mean, that was stunning news that there are aliens meddling in the league and... Nobody seemed to care. But that's okay, because I don't really care either. Uh, yeah, this Patriots team got three three really good safeties in uh, Reed Miller and then at strong safety, Dave Roten, who uh, won this award. And then right behind him, Dalton Shea, who I believe was a first-round draft pick. Uh, that's the third safety. So does that mean there are two first-round draft picks on this Patriots team that are not starting? Hey. Huh. Anyway, Dave Roten, we're talking about him. He became a superstar. Uh, He's an 84 overall player, 87 speed. So he might struggle against a couple of the user teams, perhaps. Uh, But he is an acrobat. So he's got a little unicycle symbol there. That's kind of funny. He's got increased diving range, basically, for uh, pass breakups and interceptions. So good news there for the Patriots. Uh, that the guy who they drafted a replacement for just became a superstar. And then lastly, uh, we may have missed a few. Of the, some Not everybody may have reported these at the end of the year, which is fine. Uh, I did see that Adrian Gonzalez is a X-Factor superstar at quarterback for the Browns. Uh, I don't think he was before Super Bowl week, but I'm not sure. Uh, but he's a bazooka-arm guy, so if he gets in the zone... He can throw up 15 yards farther, which is quite a lot. And um, he also has an ability where he's a homer, where if if he's playing at home, it's easier for him to get in the zone. So we may see him in some head-to-head user games actually get in the zone and see that bazooka arm in action. That could be kind of fun to see, Uh, particularly if it's a playoff game that might scare somebody. So... Those are the development trait and uh, little bits of news. I I did also have a question. Someone asked me how the Packers managed to get Diamond Payne on their team. Diamond Payne, a uh, really high draft pick by the Browns, four or five years, uh, five years ago, maybe more than that. Uh, quick receiver, very very quick, very fast. Had a a big beginning. Of his career to the Browns, and then I believe they traded him away, or maybe he hit free agency, um, but they didn't give him a second contract, and he ended up on the Eagles with uh, a contract that was really pretty reasonable. And the Packers uh, went and really, really wanted to. Uh, they really wanted to see if they could work a trade because they wanted to have a a big time player on their team. With that pretty reasonable contract and worked on it for a long time. And the way it happened, because I was asked to detail that whole thing, and to be honest, I don't remember the details real well. Uh, This Packers team, I think, had three first round picks at one point before the season started. I think that's right. I think they had three first round picks in this upcoming draft before the season started, and then they may have shuffled some of those around with some trades during the year, but here are the relevant parts of the Packers' acquisition uh, of Diamond Payne, and I'm I'm buying time a little bit and just babbling. Okay, found it. Uh, early in the season, the Packers traded their center, who was a mid-80s guy, Jay McAllister, Uh, to the Bulls, who really needed a center, Uh, I think that was top on their wish list, Uh, traded that center to the Bulls along with a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick, and they got back uh, the first overall pick in the 2041 draft. Now, that's the projected first overall pick. Um, Maybe it still is. I, I don't think it still is. But that was the projected first overall pick. And they turned around and used that first overall pick and packaged it with the 28th overall pick and uh, pass rushing linebacker Jarvis Howard, who was high on the wish list for the Eagles, and they traded those three assets. So number one pick, number 28 pick, and Jarvis Howard, uh, mid-80s, maybe high-80s linebacker there, uh, traded those three assets to the Eagles, and got uh, Diamond Payne, who I think has five years left on his contract, and is uh, still in his prime, still in his mid-20s, uh, so that was why the Packers were able to give so much to get him, uh, and it was fairly costly, but yeah, 96 speed, He now that the season's over, he's 27 years old, and his contract I'm just going to look at it real quick. I know this is riveting for everyone. Uh yeah, his contract will have 4 years remaining and he'll get paid uh 8.39, then 9.47, then 10.7, then 12.1. Uh so the last 2 years of that contract a little higher, especially that last one, but uh considering the player he is, 8 to 10 million dollars uh, are Those are pretty good numbers to be paying a just outstanding receiver. So, yeah, Packers paid dearly, Uh, but they got what they wanted there. And it gives them a little flexibility going forward. They don't have to keep Bo Nicholas on the team. And it also, I mean, it had to have played a part in Zachary Hutton. It's not Zachary Hutton, actually. It's just Zach Hutton. Uh, but anyway, it had to have helped Zach Hutton to have a bunch of speedy weapons uh, in his rookie year. And that, I mean, it had to have played a part in him getting an MVP award. It also probably helped that the Packers got to play four user games all against the computer, uh, which is a definite advantage when it happens. So anyway, that's the the Diamond Pain story there. Uh so thank you for the questioner from the listener who wanted to know about that. I hope that I hope that explanation was all you wanted uh and that it was very satisfying. Is this your fan base after the draft? Get the truth with Abibiter Draft Grays. That's right, it's time for the draft grades. As always, I like to remind our listeners that the commentary on the draft grades is my own, it's my own opinion. Um, But the grade itself, the letter grade, is determined via algorithms, math, science. Many of uh, the top experts in the world have helped develop that process so if you disagree with those draft grades, you are a science denier. How dare you? So the grades are perfect, perfectly accurate, except maybe for this year, and that's what we got to get into right now. Before we get to each team's grades, uh, this really tested our system, this year's draft, and I, and I got to explain to our listeners why that is, because... First thing we have to do is give our commissioner a draft grade, and for this year's draft, our commissioner gets an F. Listeners, here's what happened in this draft our commissioner happened to have the first two picks of this year's draft. So, our commissioner took who they wanted, they took two good players, really, really good players. Okay, that's you know, that's how it works, and then simulated the rest of the first round, just just simulated through it, none of the other users got to pick who they wanted, and they were stuck with whoever the the, uh, computer picked for them, so enormous mistake slash corruption on the part of our commissioner, and uh, I will say he did feel really bad about it. It was apparently an accident, that's the uh, official word right now anyway, was that this was an accident. That just simulated right through the first round and left the rest of the users uh, with whatever the computer picked for them. Um, but the commissioner did fix it. He did go back. Well, he sort of fixed it. Um, you know, he, he can't recreate the situations that those users would have been in, uh, whether that would have been positive or negative for those users, especially under pressure with the clock ticking. Um, but he did uh, make a correction where he went in <laughs> and went through the first round, because this, this only happened in the first round, not the entire draft. He went in at the end of the first round, paused everything, and we apparently can't start over. Uh, which is ridiculous that our commissioner can't do that. So that contributes to his draft grade and the F. Uh, not being able to start over. Well, why, why can't you do that? This is a computer. You can start over on pretty much anything on a computer. But anyway... Uh, That's not really his fault, but it still contributes to his grade. Uh, We couldn't start over. So we went in and looked at all the players that had been picked by all the computer teams and and the user teams. And we said, okay, at your pick, here are the players that were available. Who would you have taken at that time? And then uh, he helped us figure that out, not by showing their overall grade, um, but by finding their scouting report and then reporting it to us so that we could uh, remember what that player looked like when we were going to pick him because they were off our draft boards, and we couldn't really see them at that point, or at least I couldn't. Um, so that was a method where we were sort of able to determine who everybody wanted to pick. Uh, it wouldn't have been the same as an exact draft, but it did help us you know, get out of picks that we just absolutely didn't want. Probably, um, so so the commissioner determined who we wanted, and then went to the teams that had those players because he does have the ability to edit players, and he changed all of those players to punters. So then their overall gray over overall traits uh, plummeted. And they were kind of worthless players then, and then that made it easy for all of us to go in and trade for the players that we wanted. Uh, we could trade, you know, peanuts to one of the computer teams for the player that we wanted, get him on our team, and then uh, change him back to the position that he was playing so that he's not just a crappy punter. Um. Still not the way a draft should go and And still kind of has the downsides of just how the experience normally goes um as well as yeah it's mostly the experience part of it, and um also you know not being able to see our draft board the way it would have looked at that time is a little bit of a disadvantage, I think, uh but there is a perk to this, which is by completing the trades. Uh, the teams who drafted those players are, will be paying their signing bonus, and the teams that traded for them, so us user teams, will only be paying their salary. So we're getting these players at a discount, uh, which is nice for our team. It's also nice in the future if we decide we don't like this player and we want to trade them away, we'll have no penalties there. It'll just be trade them away, their entire salary is gone. So overall, not uh, the nightmare scenario that it originally looked like it was going to be. And because of the work he did, the commissioner doesn't get an F. He gets a D minus uh, because he did help us kind of fix things there. So that's what happened in this draft. Uh, It was wild, and it's a little bit harder to go through and look at all the players here, but I'm going to do my best and start with the player grades. So we will begin... With the Kansas City Chiefs, the Chiefs had a first-round pick. Uh, I believe it was 29th overall, a second-round pick, then 4th, 5th, 6th. And I think that was it for the Chiefs. Uh, Had traded away the third-round pick and a few other things. Uh, With that first-round pick, the Chiefs selected Sharif Baker. But that's not who they selected. That's who the computer selected. Uh, So not Sharif Baker. Uh, so they don't get credit for that pick. The Chiefs, I don't know who their first round pick ended up being. Looks like, I'm going to say it's Tyler Moody at free safety, uh, right now. Is that really who they picked? No, D Bernard. I think it was D Bernard that they took. Maybe they took him in the second round. I don't know. This is confusing. Thanks a lot, Commish. Um, uh, But I do know they have two rookies, Tyler Moody and Dee Bernard in their secondary. Tyler Moody's a free safety. Dee Bernard's a corner. Uh, Moody, 76 overall. At the time I'm recording this, which is about halfway through the season, Uh, so he's improved a little bit. Bernard is currently a 72 overall. Bernard's 92 speed. Uh, He he could turn out to be a pretty good player, I think. Tyler Moody uh, also could turn out to be a pretty good player. I like a lot of his skills, except his speed is 84 and that will, I mean, it'll be fine in simulations. It'll be probably be fine playing games against the computer, uh, against other user teams. That's just a, a liability. That's just the way it is. Cause all our teams are really fast and it it kind of warps some of these things, but that's just the way it is. Uh, Arthur Lacey, also a rookie corner. Oh, I think that was their first round pick, actually. That's who they ended up uh trading for uh when he was a punter. He got made into a punter and then they traded for him. 94 speed, uh acceleration and agility, not as good, but uh he's got speed, he's got length, he's six foot two. Uh he's young, he's currently a seventy, could develop into something good there. And they've got a sixty nine overall right tackle, Philip Hitchcock. Uh could also contribute for them. So not a lot of players to take for the Chiefs. Kind of a small draft there. Um, looks like they got some guys that can help out. Again, the, the one, a couple of them, or well, the one, Moody, I think is is maybe a liability against other user teams. And that's going to hurt them a little bit. So the Chiefs get a B-. minus. Moving on to the Browns. This Browns team... Uh, The first two picks in the draft, uh, that was referenced already, and with those first two picks, they took the Heisman winner, uh, at number two, they took the Heisman winner Cordavis Patton, Cordavis, Cordavius, probably Cordavius, Cordavius Patton uh, ended up with really good speed and all the agility traits currently a 77 overall and he revealed as an x-factor that is consecutive years or at least two of the last three years the Browns have selected a corner that turned out to be an x-factor as a rookie so I don't know if you can give them credit for drafting that way but that's tremendous luck for the Browns and it's going to make them really difficult to play against and I'm sure that's exciting for everybody that has to do that every year. Um, their first pick was Jarrett Wesley at receiver. Uh, he's got some pretty good size and, and really good speed traits. Um, and knowing the way the Browns develop receivers, he's going to turn out to be a a very good player. And then at defensive tackle, uh, I think this guy's name is Harris. My screenshot that I took is really blurry. Uh, 70 overall, he'll be fine. He'll He'll participate. I don't know if he's going to be just superb. And then two right guards in the second and third round, 68 and 69 overall. Uh, Those guys will play, and and they'll be good assets. Uh, They could be traded for picks later, uh, or they'll end up on the field, and they'll contribute a little bit. And then a 72 overall fullback. I believe uh, this guy was a really, really good lead blocker, so looking to bolster the running game there for the Browns. So... Really good picks there for the Browns. Um, They did, this is the commissioners' team, they did contribute to, uh, let's face it, just flat out ruining the draft for everybody else. So that downgraded their grade a little bit. They get a B minus. Moving on to the Patriots. So the Patriots here, uh, I think, had a very good draft. They got Niles Mickens at left-outside linebacker in the first round, and then Ray Newton at free safety also in the first round. Both of those are late first-round picks, uh, both 76 and 75 overall and had hidden development traits. And then in the second round, right guard Polk, I also believe had a hidden development trait, and he was a 75 overall to start the season. Then a 72 overall receiver, and Jennings and a right guard. That's uh, 69 overall. So when you're in the third round and the lowest you've drafted is a 69 overall player, you're doing really good there. And then another receiver and some other dudes, um, that they got on their team here. looks like they took Ray Newton at free safety and moved him to corner. I don't know if that's a great idea. He probably would have been better at safety. Um, so this is, I mean, this is a really great draft here. And I know the Patriots uh, in particular have been eager to get a really high draft grade in in the past. Um, they pay attention to these draft grades uh, pretty closely, uh, as does the whole league, as they should. Uh, these are so important. And they were going to get a high grade in this draft. However... Those first two picks that were excellent picks, the Patriots didn't actually make them. The computer made those picks for them, and the Patriots opted uh, to stick with those picks. So I guess they get a little credit for uh, recognizing that those were good picks and and deciding to keep them. Uh, But they don't get the credit that they would have if they had actually chosen those people. Uh, So when we add that all up, the Patriots get a B-minus. Moving on to the Panthers, uh, the Panthers another team that had two first round picks and two first round picks that had to uh, had to be traded for uh, after the commissioner changed them to punters. So those two that they actually ended up with are Deacon Davis at left end, who is an excellent pick. Uh, currently halfway through the season, he is an Eighty overall, defensive end. Uh, so that's really good. Hidden development trait hasn't revealed yet. We don't know what he is. Um, wearing number nine because he was <laughs> because he was changed to a punter, and I guess the Panthers didn't change his number when they uh, changed him back to a defensive end. Uh, good pick there. And then Neil Moore at right guard, seventy-three overall. At this point in the season, uh, could be better. And he's number one, so a guard wearing number one. So right now the Panthers, when you see them on the field, their jerseys kind of look like a college team with just a bunch of uh, crazy numbers everywhere. Also took Marion Rush at receiver. Uh, He's got 88 speed, which is not a thing the Panthers do very often. So I'm guessing they're a little disappointed in that pick. Took a left tackle, Davon Hardison. He's a 71 overall. Uh, Devin Abbott at receiver, also 88 speed, so the Panthers not going for speed like they have in the past. He's a 73 overall receiver at this point. Uh, what else do we got? Devonte Peek, he was a late-round pick, 61 overall. So not as strong as the Panthers usually are. Uh, that defensive end pick is good. Looks like the offensive lineman picks could be okay in the long run. Uh, but usually this Panthers team, those first three or four guys they pick look really, really good. Um, and I, I think they got one really big-time stud here, but the rest, uh, they're just kind of going to contribute. So uh, because of that, the Panthers get a B-. Uh, lastly, I believe this is the last team we have to go over. Yep, lastly, we have the Packers. And the Packers took... Tyler Moody, no, no wait. That's who the computer took for him. Uh, let's see who the Packers took. Uh, they took Sharif Baker, who they, uh, who the computer had the Chiefs taking later in the first round. The Packers actually took him at, I think, 12. Um, and currently 76 overall, middle linebacker. He ended up being a star development trait. Uh, got great speed for a linebacker, 86 speed. 86 acceleration, 80 agility. Uh, Trenton Brown in the middle for the Packers is getting a little older. Uh, so they're kind of looking for an, a replacement to groom there. Uh, and it might be him, that star development trait. You, you kind of wish that was better, but um, he's been developing nicely for the, the Packers and got a lot of physical ability. The other first round pick, Gabriel Ramsey at corner. Uh overall corner when he was drafted. Not a hidden development trait, which was a little bit of a surprise and certainly a disappointment. Uh, But a guy with a lot of speed, a lot of ability, uh, maybe he develops. We'll have to see for the Packers. And then what else did they do Do later on in this draft? Um, Adding depth to the D-line with Mays, a defensive tackle, 71 overall. He's been having a pretty good year, even though he's really not on the field all that much. Lewis at left end, more defensive line depth. Barrett at strong safety, uh, 68 overall, and a hidden development trait. Uh, More depth there. Uh, A lot of depth for the Packers, especially on defense. They're looking to bolster their defense. Uh, Then Noble in the third round at defensive tackle. He got moved to defensive end, and he is starting, so late third-round pick. Starting, uh, And he's got a hidden development trait. Uh, got decent quickness and decent strength looking to play. The Packers are looking to develop him into a defensive end in their 3-4 scheme. And it looks like that's going pretty well. So a nice later pick there for the Packers. Might be a big steal. So you do the math there. And the Packers come up with an A-plus for their draft. All right. That covers the draft grades. Um, we did get halfway through the season before I even got the draft grades out. we really flying this year. Uh, so there's a lot that hap- that's happened, but I'm going to save that for the next podcast. This one's already long enough. Uh, we'll cover some more development trait news later on. Some of them were already mentioned uh, going over the rookie class. But we'll go over development trait news. We'll recap a couple of games Uh, We may see if we can do a refresher on the Patriots' internet uh, situation. But uh, uh, other than that, yeah, that's it for today. Again, the draft grades, which really tested our algorithm and our grading process. Uh, But you got them today, and you know you can trust them. So, everyone, have a good week, and we'll see you next time for another episode of the a bibiter podcast.